Hello and welcome to the Halloween episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw 2022. I'm Craig. (laughs) And I'm Todd. Todd, look, you know, when we were talking about what we wanted to do, last week we did Terrifier, which ultimately I really like. I I do. Uh, It's a little bit out of my wheelhouse. It's a little bit gory and and gross, um, but I do like it. But when we finished that, we said, let's do something a little lighter. Uh, for our final Halloween episode. And uh, we polled our patrons on Patreon and we didn't do a vote. We just asked what, you know, what are some suggestions? Somebody said, you know, if you wanted to go light, you could do Hocus Pocus. (laughs) (laughs) That's, it's pretty light. (laughs) I know. And, and honestly, it's not like we've never thought about it before. For whatever reason, we just haven't done it. You've brought it. Up. I gotta tell. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I'm really, really excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. I absolutely love it. We felt that based on the suggestion and the fact that uh, the sequel finally, 30 years later, 29 years later, came out this year. It was fitting that uh, we finally tackle this very, very much Halloween-themed movie. What do you think? I mean, it is 100% Halloween-themed, and it's, you know, it's family, it's very family-friendly. It's PG, and uh, it's pretty notorious, I think, for people around our age and maybe even a slightly younger. We've even done theme months where we've done family-friendly horror movies. They're out there and they're fun. So this definitely qualifies as a horror movie, definitely qualifies as a Halloween movie, uh, and uh, it's certainly within the wheelhouse of the kind of thing we talk about. So, yeah. No, I, I think it was a per- it was a great choice. Me too. Especially after the Terrifier, which is uh, 180 degrees opposite kind of movie from this one. So Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but like you said, it is family-friendly, and I think that it definitely falls under the category of gateway horror. Yeah. This is a movie that you can show your kids, but it it has real horror elements to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are these evil witches whose prime goal is to kill and suck the life force out of children. Which they do within the first 10 minutes. <laughs> Which they do, yeah. Right. You know, the, the the movie doesn't go out of its way to soften that. You know, the, these witches want to kill people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll talk about it more later, but I've seen the sequel, and I've seen... Uh, Na Jimmy, in particular, has been doing press uh, for the sequel. She was reluctant to take on the movie because she was concerned about uh, presenting an offensive stereotype for real life witches, which of oh. course there are. You know, mm-hmm. there are there are people <laughs> who identify as witches and and people who are Wiccan and and whatnot. She she took it because uh, Bette Midler was her idol, and she absolutely could not pass up the opportunity to work with Bette Midler, and I don't blame her at all. I <laughs> I would feel the exact <laughs> same way. But uh, the movie started out as a concept. Uh, Disney wanted to do a Halloween-themed movie. I think one of the producers, and he's credited as a writer because he helped come up with the story, David Kirshner, he, he thought, you know, there are all of these family-themed 
Christmas movies and they're wildly successful and they get, you know, replayed every year and become traditions, but there are no real family Halloween movies. And so he came up with this idea. It was originally going to be Disney's House of Halloween and it was intended to be much darker uh, and scarier than the film that we ended up getting. It sat like in production hell for like eight years until finally they got their stuff together. David Kirshner worked on it. He was probably best known at the time for writing An American Tale, which is another great family movie. Oh, goodness, that movie's good. (laughs) Oh, I love it. But he's also done some horror stuff. I think that he produced, he had something to do with um, Child's Play, I think. Yeah, he produced uh, at least the first three or four. Oh, no, he's produced almost all of the Child's Plays, I think. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Mick Garris was another writer. He also is a horror guy. Gosh, I don't remember the stuff that he's done, but he's done other horror stuff. Neil Cuthbert was the other writer. And then Kenny Ortega was the director. Kenny Ortega is probably best known at this point for his work on the High School Musical franchise Mm -hmm. um but he had done some other stuff too music videos i think before this music videos he's i think in pre-production on a remake of dirty dancing uh i think that he had his hand in the live hairspray uh production for for television um so these guys have a lot of experience and they finally got their stuff together initially the movie was supposed to be centered much more on the witches and they actually filmed it that way there are a lot of scenes that were cut um that focused more centrally on the witches i know that there was a scene with kathy and jimmy in a grocery store there was a scene where uh late in the movie they're in a high school. There was a scene where Sarah Sanderson and Mary Sanderson push their sister Winnie into the swimming pool. There was a lot that ended up getting cut because when they had their cut of that version, they felt like it was too scary and it needed to be more family focused. And so they put a lot more attention on the kids. Huh? I, I would have been, or I still would be very interested to see what it was intended to be but ultimately i think that it turned out great this is one of those movies that i feel like it's lightning in a bottle they got the right people in it you know um of course the divine bet midler uh, as winifred San- uh, <laughs> sanderson kathy Jimmy as mary who she is just straight up hilarious in everything that she's in she's the sister act gal right Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's how I know her. She was, I think, around this time, too. She got really popular because she uh, did. She was a feature player in Sister Act. And then you just started to see her in a ton of movies. <laughs> right. And she's she's a character actress. She's funny. She's hilarious. You know, she was a, a heavy set woman at the time. Today, she looks younger than she looked 30 years ago. She's more fit. She's beautiful. I mean, not that she's not beautiful uh, in this movie. She is. And then a very young uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was 23 years old when she made this movie. Oh, man. 
That no is way. crazy to that me. Is crazy. Like <laughs> I was an infant when I was 23. <laughs> you were an infant and, when you were. <laughs> and you of still course, are. <laughs> I am a little bit. Of course, she went on to find huge success in Sex and the City and is a fashion icon today and is still working, you know, there's the Sex and the City spin-off and just like that that she is producing and uh starring in and and she's wildly wildly successful but she's a child in this movie and the three of them are just amazing i read that the first choice for winifred was cloris leachman and cloris leachman is hilarious Uh. like i'm sure she would have made an a fantastic witch rosie o'donnell was asked to play mary but she didn't want to play a scary witch and Jennifer Lopez auditioned for the role of Sarah. That would have been a different movie. (laughs) (laughs) But we ended up with this amazing cast. And then Leonardo DiCaprio was set to play the young boy lead role of Max Dennison. Um, He turned it down to star in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And he got a lot of really good response for his role in that movie. So that was a good choice. probably the best choice for him. Plus, the kid in this movie, who is a relative unknown, uh, Omri Katz, uh, and he did some other stuff. He, I think, led the cast of a TV show called Erie, Indiana, which was like a supernatural, spooky kind of show. Did you ever watch that, by the way? I watched like the first couple episodes, I think. I didn't get into it. Mm. Uh, I don't remember why. I mean, it's been so long ago. It's been almost 30 years ago. I don't remember why. Now, he runs a weed business. (laughs) (laughs) Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, now is the time, really. I mean, (laughs) that's right. I mean,. I could I could get down with that guy, um, and then a, a, a tiny little baby Thora Birch uh, as Danny, his little sister. Of course, she has, you know, she's an adult actress now, still working. She was actually asked to revise, or not revise, to reprise her role um, in the sequel, but she couldn't because of uh, scheduling issues and and she was disappointed uh she wished that she had been able to but she wasn't able to and then allison is played by vanessa shaw of course i mean also very very young but she uh continues to act she is stunningly beautiful i mean just oh and i i can't forget the guy who plays uh billy billy butcherson played by doug I always want to get his name wrong. I always want to say Doug Bradley, but that's the... That's Doug Jones. The, that's J- Doug Jones. Doug Bradley's the Hellraiser guy. Doug Jones. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, keep, I'm trying to keep my language appropriate because this is a kid's movie and parents could listen <laughs> maybe, to this with their kids. Maybe but, kids will, will listen to this too. Yeah. Right. Doug Jones is a bleeping legend. Yeah. This guy is amazing. He has been in countless movies, and if you saw him out of makeup, you would probably never recognize him because he is always in insane makeup and prosthetics. He's this super tall, very lanky guy who has the most amazing control of his body of anybody that I can think of. Mm-hmm. And and he plays these wild character creature 
roles. At any time I see him announced in the cast of something, I am fascinated and drawn to whatever it is because he is always so good. One of the things that I remember him from, which probably isn't even one of his most memorable roles, but he was uh, the lead gentleman in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode called Hush that was up (laughs) for multiple like Emmys and stuff because the premise of the show was these demons came to town and stole everybody's voices. So up until the last few minutes of the episode, the entire thing, there's no, there's no dialogue because nobody can talk. Um, And, and he was fantastic. Oh, so scary in that movie. And he's great in this movie too. Initially scary, but then sweet and, and endearing. Uh, I tell you what, bro, uh, <laughs> you're going to have to butt in at some point because I could talk about this movie all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious if you actually saw this in the theaters because it didn't do well in the theaters. No. And Did you? No, it didn't. And no, I didn't. And that's too bad. I mean, it was 93. We were in high school, I guess, at this time. So, yeah. Uh, I was a freshman in high school. And they released it in the summer. Their their thought was kids won't be in school, so they can go see movies. But they released it in the summertime, which I think was a bad decision. Yeah. You know, this is a Halloween movie. It needs to be released in the fall. And I think it went up against it went up against some big movies. Um, maybe The Nightmare Before Christmas or Jurassic Park or something like that. Uh, it yeah. went up against some big movies. And uh, it did not do well at all all it it did really poorly actually and i can i don't know i guess i could kind of see why and yet not i mean there are a lot of other movies like this that just go over like gangbusters right out the gate i mean it's like a wet it's like a madcap zany you know there's just action throughout it yeah there's always stuff going on It, it really it just yanks you yanks you through the movie basically and i think either some people are for that and some people like ugh, it's another kids movie you know it's one of these kind of wacky zany kids movies type things and since parents make the decisions of what they're going to bring their kids out to see i don't think it really depends on whether the kids like the movie i think it's more like do the parents mm-hmm. are they interested enough to want to bring their kids to it and sit through it and that's probably what tanked it but then made it so popular on video afterwards as once you know it's it's a perfect movie to rent for kids and sit at home where you, you don't have to watch it if you don't want to sure you know? i'm sure. not saying you wouldn't want to i'm just saying you know that just kind of ups the appeal it's funny how the context of a movie kind of changes really your reception of it in some ways. So anyway, no, I I also didn't uh, watch it in the theater either. I was in high school. I wouldn't have gone to see a, an obvious like kids movie like this. Um, and I never saw it, believe it or not, on home video at home. I think the first time I saw this movie was really just a couple years ago. Get out. I'm not kidding you. It, it And I don't even remember why. It, it was somebody else's suggestion or somebody else was already watching it. Uh, it. It was one of those kind of deals where, yeah, just somebody else said, oh, it's good. You should check it out. And, and I ended up watching it. So um, so this is the second time I've seen it. But I don't have these oh like strong God. childhood memories of it like you do. Although I do have strong childhood memories of pretty much all the performers in this movie, like sure. like you just ran through. So uh, it was a it was still a bit of a nostalgia trip in 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 that way. <laughs> I cannot believe that you have only seen this movie twice. I've seen this movie twice so far this year, <laughs> <laughs> and I might watch it again. 
So here you are as an adult still going back to this, huh? Oh my gosh. I watched it with my sister when we were growing up every year because eventually it did get a a following. It it almost seems wrong to call it a cult following because it's not really cult. It's pretty mainstream. It's it's mainstream. It's popular. It plays on uh, TV every Halloween season. Um, I I watched it with my sister growing up, and, and now Alan and I watch it every year during <laughs> Halloween season. And for some reason, there was one year in the past two or three years where we didn't get around to watching it. And we talked about it afterwards and we actually talked about it again last night. Like it felt wrong. Like we felt like we had, <laughs> like we had missed something that we hadn't watched Hocus Pocus during October. Like we, like we legitimately regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's another thing that makes this movie so good is it so has a rewatch factor. Like True. you can rewatch this movie over and over again. The jokes just hit. They're funny, they're silly. There's just so much to like. There are musical numbers. I mean, come yeah. on. And you know, like I'll, I'm happy to roll my eyes at musical numbers in some things, but you've got these three women. Um, Bette Midler is a diva and has been doing it for decades, and this is right in her wheelhouse. Yeah, This really is, is what she does. Uh, she said when she got the script, the reason that she was excited about it was because it gave her the opportunity to do what she loves most and what she thinks that she's the best at, which is physical comedy. Yeah. And that is absolutely true. She is hilarious. Yeah. And she is a character actress. She does this in her own act. You know, when if you're lucky enough to be able to see Miss Bette Midler in concert, which I have not, but if you are, oh, I- <laughs> except for on video, I've seen her on video. But she does this. She plays characters. Uh, it, it, she doesn't just get up and sing. She does bits, and oh, they're funny. She has a hilarious character where she's a, she's a mermaid, <laughs> but because she's a mermaid above water, she wheels herself in around in a wheelchair. <laughs> Uh, and it's hilarious. I mean, this is what she does. Sarah Jessica Parker has a, a history on Broadway. She starred as Annie on Broadway when she was a little tiny girl. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so she's got all of this performance. I don't know as much about Mary's background, uh, the actress that played her, but uh, even just knowing what she's done, she is hilarious in Sister Act. She's one of the funniest parts of those movies. Mm-hmm. So these three women coming together, it's just magic. It, it it's is. fantastic. No pun intended. Yeah, it's definitely uh, magic. so good. <laughs> All right, I'm well, getting out of breath. <laughs> I mean, we can run we can run through the plot, but but I will say that like for me, okay, I love kids movies. Don't get me wrong. Same. Uh, there are a lot of kids' movies. I do go back and rewatch. I mean, I just saw Goonies again just like last yeah. week. This is the kind of movie that is just, it's like a little too silly for me. It, it is everything you said it is. It is hilarious. It is madcap. It, it's got music and all that stuff. And uh, for me, you know, I, I'm not usually in the mood for this kind of movie again. I'll watch it once and I'll enjoy it. But, you know, to watch it again, I have to I have to be completely honest with you. About halfway through it, I set it to play at one and a half speed so I could get through it faster. 
I hate you. <laughs> I know. Am I terrible? <laughs> yes. Well, it's just like, you know, once it kicks off, you just know where it's going and it just keeps going that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it, it's just a bunch of kids being pursued by these crazy witches who do hijinks and silly things and fish out of water jokes and, and whatnot. But they're always in control and. You know, they just cast spells on people and and cause mayhem throughout the town while they're pursuing these three kids who have the magic spell book that they need to ensure that they remain alive uh, in the 21st century. And then, um, or in this case, the 20th century. <laughs> it's it's hard to believe, actually, this is a movie that's 20 years old because 30, it doesn't feel like 30, 30 years yeah. old. Oh, gosh. We're, it is. It's hard to believe because it doesn't feel like it at all. It feels like it could have no. been made yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you're right. Like, um, I I texted you. I know you're with your family, so you probably didn't have time. But uh, there was a 25th anniversary retrospective that Disney did, and it was it was silly, really. Uh, it was formatted kind of like an award show, and uh, generally it was silly. But there were some little nuggets of interesting information because there were interviews with the actresses and whatnot but um at the very beginning the (laughs) hosts uh did a summary of the plot in three minutes (laughs) (laughs) did it even take that long (laughs) i don't even know if it took that long and they really like it it might even be worth you looking it up i'll give you my disney plus password oh Uh, you're a sweetheart (laughs) why don't you just announce your password here so that (laughs) no (laughs) then i would get kicked out all the time that's true but i mean the plot is simple i don't know the best way to go about this because it, it would be very easy to roll through the plot, but there are so many great parts. Yeah, you just kind of have... Here, let me summarize. The, let me do the boring part. Okay. So it, it starts out in the early, gosh, 1600s, which yeah. is really pretty freaking early, considering it's like the dawn of America's existence. Right. But anyway, yeah, it's 1600s, uh, and there are these three witches who are have captured a girl named Emily. They've sucked her lifeblood out of her and mixed up this magic potion. They have this spell book that's bound in human skin and has a little eyeball on it that looks around um, and seems kind of a little sentient in a way. Totally. And that's where they get their potions and spells out of. And uh, their goal is to live forever by sucking the lifeblood out of kids. But the mob shows up and her brother shows up. Eventually, they hang these witches, which is pretty dark for a Disney movie, really. Yes. It's not like they show them struggling, but the the barrels get kicked out from under their feet and you see their feet dangling. And uh, and yeah, they get hung. But not before Bette Midler's character, who's sort of like the lead ghost or the lead, the lead witch, makes a curse on the whole town and says that they will return when a virgin comes and releases them from from the ground. Now we're back in we're we're back to the future, which is our present day, 1993, and uh, it's your typical new family comes into town. It, it, it's so typical, really. It's this boy and his little sister. Uh, the boy's name is Max, and his sister's name is Danny. He's like high school age, and she's like upper elementary, I would suppose. Yeah, like eight sure. or nine, and uh, they move into town from L.A. and and it's just it's Salem, Massachusetts, so it's a bit rural. And immediately he's getting teased at school. Um, him particularly is just getting relentlessly teased. He meets a girl, blah blah blah. It's Halloween. They are out at Halloween, and this uh, girl and him and Danny all end up together at her house. And uh, for some reason, because it's been brought up at school, the legend of the Sanderson sisters. He decides 
hey, let's go to the Sanderson sisters' house and check it out, <laughs> basically, because yeah. it's Halloween. And they go. He, being a virgin, which is a joke they keep throwing in there for the older ones, I guess, lights the candle, the the black can't flame candle, which is put together with the fat of a hangman or something like that. Yeah, right. Of course, that is all that was necessary to uh, awake the witches. The witches awake, and they run off with the sk- spell book before the witches can get to it. And the reason they do is because uh, Emily's brother, the uh, the one who had come to save her, Emily was the girl who who had died earlier, um, had been turned into a black cat by the witches. And so he's still around. He's immortal as well. And he's kind of the guardian over there. And he can talk. What's, yeah, <laughs> he can talk and everything is talking. Black cat uh, has just been hanging around this house for the last 300 years. And so uh, he tells him, take the spell book. And like, what? You're a talking cat. Take the spell book. And they leave. And so now it just becomes a case where the witches are alive, but they know that once the sun rises, they're going to die again unless they can get that spell book uh, and do the right potion that helps them to live forever and then start sucking all the lifeblood out of all the kids in town again. And so from here on out, and I'd say that's probably about mm, a third of the way through the movie that all this goes down. Yeah, probably. The the next two thirds of the movie is just them pursuing the kids throughout the town. They've got the cat with them and they're trying to hide the spell book and they're going to all these different locations. And it's Halloween, so there's trick-or-treating and there's Halloween parties. The the witches are crashing and the kids are crashing and they're trying to get their parents' attention and all that stuff. It's typical kids' movie stuff until finally uh, there's a big showdown and... uh, Everything's fine. The the witches yeah, uh, explode the and are win. banished, and it's all good. So, <laughs> right, and that is it. I mean, the story is so simple, but it just it it feels almost sacrilegious to reduce it to that because uh, it's so good. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna focus on some things. The sisters, <laughs> the the three witches. Uh, f- you know, the opening scene is great. It establishes that these are evil witches. We know exactly what they're going to do, and they do it. They kill that little girl. Yeah, she is dead. Her head is down. <laughs> it's not yeah. like they dwell on it. It's not like no. there's a moment of sadness. It's actually almost darker just how callously it's treated, really. In right. Way. <laughs> like when they give her the potion, like her life force like emanates from her. It's like it's glowing in a haze around her, and they just suck it like they breathe it in like they inhale it and then right you just see her with sitting in the chair with her head down and her hair hanging over her face so it's not like overly morbid or or gross or anything um but the girl is dead like they (laughs) killed her and now she's just in the background while they're dancing around Uh it's kind of creepy (laughs) Uh and and um bet midler said that she based her performance on the wicked witch of the west and angelica houston's uh grand high witch in the The witches Witches. oh Uh interesting kathina jimmy i just saw her last week uh on the view she said that with this character, she had two motivations. One was to eat children. Two <laughs> was to be Winnie's favorite. Because mm. Winnie is obviously the oldest and and like their leader. Um, and so throughout the movie, Mary, Kathy and Jimmy, is constantly trying to cater to her and suck up to her. Uh, at one point, she says, do you want to hit me? Would that make you feel better? Like, it's that kind of thing. But it's hilarious. And Sarah Jessica Parker is, oh, gosh, I have to keep it friendly. Sarah Jessica Parker is the boy crazy one. Mm-hmm. Like, and, 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 and she's ditzy. Um, she's, she's super ditzy and super boy crazy. Like anytime there are boys or men around, like 
she is practically melting into the floor. Brave little virgin who lit the candle. I'll be thy friend. But she's also hilarious. She's so bubbly and like she's always bouncing, 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 and her hair is long and and she being twenty three, of course. You know, I remember being 23. I, I didn't realize the beauty of being 23 at the time. But man, <laughs> no, like, you you're, you're just, <laughs> you look the best you're ever going to look. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Unless you're Sarah, Sean Connery or something. <laughs> right, sure, sure. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is still stunningly beautiful today, but 23-year-olds, I mean, she's just absolutely gorgeous i hope this isn't inappropriate for children but sexy she's like and and that's what they're going for yeah Yeah, even in the costuming uh they said like um their costumes reflected their characters she is uh styled to look like uh sleeping beauty Mm. mary is styled to look like a baker or a baker's wife because she's more homey she also, Kathy and Jimmy said that part of her inspiration was that her character was part bloodhound. Um, she's the one that sniffs out the kids, and she even mm, barks. That's right. She barks throughout the movie. Yeah. And uh, when they were designing uh, Bet's look, the costumer wanted it to. Her inspiration, the costumer's inspiration was Bette Midler. She's got to be fun. Like initially, the plan had been to have her be very dark, like in in black and and very serious. And uh, the costumer said, "I don't think that's right. I think she needs to be sparkly and fun." And uh, so, director producer, I don't know, went to Bette and said, "What do you think?" And Bette Midler was like. <laughs> I'm not wearing some black dress. <laughs> <laughs> so their their characters are based, you know, uh, there's just thought behind it and and they're they're not stereotypical necessarily. I mean, they're stereotypical in that they are evil witches who want to eat kids. That's stereotypical, but their individual characters are are interesting and and unique. And in the beginning, you know, I love this stuff too in the beginning uh when we first meet them when they they are kind of like old crones. They're in heavy old lady makeup. And then after they suck out the uh, life of that little girl, um, they're younger. I think Mary says, we're young. And then Bette Midler turns around and looks in the mirror and says, well, younger. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's also something that's crazy. Uh, so Sarah Jessica Parker was in her 30s, or no, excuse me, 20s. I think... I don't remember where Kathy and Jimmy was, um, but uh, Bette Midler was already in her 40s or 50s because now that the sequel has come out, Bette Midler is in her mid-70s. And I, I don't care if this is off topic. I have seen the sequel. And yes, you can tell that they're older, but these three women have some I mean I think they must be witches in real life they've because, got some magic potion huh? yeah there's no way that they should look <laughs> the way, I mean it's crazy they don't look much different than they did 30 years ago it's wild it's nuts wow uh, I think there is something special, though. I mean, I don't know if we're all taking care of each of, of ourselves better or if healthcare is better or we just stay out of the sun more. But, like, you know, what was a 70-year-old person, even when I was growing up in oh, the right. 80s, looks nothing like a 70-year-old person now. Like, you know, my parents still look super young. My dad, some people still think my dad is my brother. It's really weird, so. 
yeah, that that's an interesting thing. Somebody needs to look into that. It is weird. <laughs> it, it does seem weird. And I don't know if it has to do with style or what, but like the Golden Girls, which remains one of my favorite shows, those women... <laughs> when when they were cast in that show are the age that like J-Lo and Shakira are now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Good way I'm of dead it. serious. It's hilarious, right? This show of spinster ladies in their 50s, you know, like trying to get on with the last few years of their life and <laughs> come on. And like I I'm a big fan of Madonna, but I'm not going to say that she's aged as gracefully as some ladies, but she's my mom's age. <laughs> Like, I wish that for our viewers, I could put up a picture of my mom, who is beautiful, and a picture of Madonna and say that they're the same age, because (laughs) one one of those two, I'll leave it to you to guess, one of those two doesn't realize she's in her mid-60s. But whatever, you can do whatever you want, you know, rock those, you know... (laughs) Lingerie outfits, whatever, well into your 70s, be my guest live your best life anyway gosh what else the the book is so reminiscent of the necronomicon yeah there are just so many like you said before about getting people into theaters i think you're right it has to kind of appeal to the adults who are going to have to go sit through it too or it should i guess in some way Mm -hmm. but this one does like this there's stuff in here this this movie wouldn't be made today not for this audience yeah i don't think i think you're right and i say that and before i had seen hocus pocus 2 i had read that they had made it less dark and because it's a you know a modern young audience they have to treat differently the second movie is very much in keeping with the first movie and if you like if you like the first movie or like me love the first movie you're gonna love the sequel too i will be honest the first 20 30 minutes i was like oh i don't know this is really silly somehow i had blocked out in my mind that part one is really silly too yeah it's really silly. Once it, it is silly. And once it got going and once the three witches showed up, tonally, it is so in keeping with the original movie. And there are so many throwbacks to the original. Uh, I just, I, ultimately, I absolutely loved it. We've already watched it twice this season, too. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And, and That's watching a and watching Hocus Pocus 1 yesterday for this podcast just made me want to watch it again. <laughs> In some ways we are different people. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I love it so much. I just think it's so funny but also so sweet. It is. And the second one really does a good job of keeping with themes some of the things that come up in in part one that are throwaway lines end up being really essential in part two and it just works super well and of course all the women look great and they said they have said the actresses have said that they it just felt so comfortable even 30 years later 29 years later just stepping back in to those characters and and i can't imagine you know you and i act on occasion, uh, you more so professionally than me these days, but uh, that's something that I have never and I'm sure will never experience, you know, to to not only take on a role, but to 
create a role. Yeah, it's something original that's never been done yeah. before, right? Originate, uh, yeah, originate mm-hmm. a role and then be able to step back into it 30 years later. Like that's wild. W- what an amazing experience. And and yeah. it really seems like they were grateful. The sequel was in talks for years, for years and years and years. And for whatever reason it just didn't happen and at one point Disney was going to move forward with it as a made-for-TV movie without the original actresses. And I just thought that was such a terrible, terrible idea. Like, if that's what you're going to do, just leave it alone. Just just don't. But that, that died, and uh, then, you know, this sequel came to fruition. And I, I'm sure a lot of it for me is nostalgia, but I think that kids still like Hocus Pocus. It's one of those movies like uh, Christmas Vacation or Elf or even probably more like A Christmas Story. You know, these older movies that are, they stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. The jokes still work. Um, There's not much in this, aside from the fact that there's no reference to cell phones, uh, that that dates it. Mm -hmm. It's true. It feels like it could be today you'd never notice that this was uh again 30 years old uh, you're right there's nothing in here that dates it there's in fact it, you know it doesn't have a cell phone problem really there's very uh-uh. little i think in this movie that could have ever been solved by there's probably nothing in this movie that could have been solved by cell phones so there's no not even one of those issues uh with it where anybody watching it today would be like why don't they just call their parents or something like that right Right. Well, they even answer that question well. Uh, yeah. Max and Danny's parents are played by... Okay, so the the dad is Dave. He's played by Charles Rocket, who is infamous for having dropped an F-bomb on Saturday Night Live when he was a cast member, and I think he got fired for it, if I remember correctly. Um, but know. if you were watching television in the 80s, you will recognize this man. I know him from a movie that probably nobody else has seen, but there was a movie in the 80s called How I Got Into College, uh, and I thought that movie was hilarious. I still use clips of it in my class. And then the mom, Jenny, is Stephanie Farrisee or Farrakee, and she has been in a lot too, and I think that she continues to work, but I remember her as John Candy's wife from The Great Outdoors, which is one of my favorite movies, (laughs) one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, and Mm -hmm. she's she's great in it. And she's not in this movie much, but when she is, she's cute and funny. Uh, Just everything about it, I love. <laughs> he was in Dances with Wolves. Earth Girls are easy. Uh, all, yeah, he's 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 been on a lot, a lot of movies and also TV series like Voices, like in in cartoons and things, as yeah. well as video games. Which is, yeah, this guy's been around. Yeah, yeah, they're cute. You know, like the parents are cute and they're they're nice. There's they're just fun, nice little parents, uh, and they're just going off to a Halloween party. I think that's what you were getting to. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, they're busy at the Halloween party, dancing up a storm, which is a pretty freaking awesome Halloween party. It's it's the town hall <laughs> party, which 
I mean, they're getting. You know what? These these L.A. parents, they know how to schmooze right when they right when they arrive. You know, they're they're still unpacking yes. their boxes and already they're hobnobbing with people at the town hall Christmas party. Uh, I love it. Party. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and I I don't. Who cares about you know jumping around spoilers whatever? But it, you know they get a spell put on them that they have to dance all night. You know everybody at the party does, um, or dance until they die or whatever. But at the very very end when the credits start rolling, you see them coming out. <laughs> They're still like, especially the mom is like, I put a spell on you. <laughs> I thought LA was a party town. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. These people from LA, they come and this is their first experience in Salem. And they're like, oh, yeah, Salem's rocks. <laughs> so adorable. So adorable. Yeah. That he dresses up as a vampire and she dresses up as Madonna with uh-huh. the cone bra and the high ponytail from the <laughs> 90s. Uh, see, these are the things that date it. But even that, like, I feel like even that is iconic. I don't know if my high school kids would get it. They might. I don't know. That's that's some pretty iconic stuff. But uh, even I, I think that they would at least know who Madonna is and wouldn't be surprised to see her in that kind of costume. So, yeah, still the the relationship between Max and Danny is adorable. Big brother, little sister. I can never remember. Are your sisters younger or older than you? Younger. I thought so. So you know. like Yeah, <laughs> I totally get this. I think there's a slightly different dynamic when you're just two kids. So you just have one yeah. little sister. Whereas uh, my two sisters, um, my my sister, Teamed my up. oldest sister is like three years younger than me and the others, they're just stair steps. So, uh, you know, they, they just play together and they kind of have their own thing and I was kind of my own thing. But I can see where if you were a brother and a sister relationship, you would have exactly the kind of relationship that is... Uh, that is portrayed in here with the older brother kind of taking care of the younger sister. And what I really like about this is the sister's personality. It could have not worked because sometimes it runs the risk of sounding too written and unreal, but somehow um, it's played well enough by, um, by Thora, Thora Birch, Birch that she sells it. Uh, this younger girl who's kind of got the, a bit of a fearlessness to her, really, that her older brother doesn't have. Maybe also because she's younger. You know, and he's got more complicated relationships to navigate in high school, and he's a little more um, self-conscious, and she's not, maybe. But uh, I love some of the, her lines uh, in this. Like, like uh, she's the one who's kind of pushing him to get out. He, he wants to just sit at home during Halloween at the beginning because he doesn't want to go out and encounter those bullies again. No way! This is my first time! I'll get lost! Besides, it's a full moon outside! The weirdos are out! Max, couldn't you forget about being a cool teenager just for one night, please? Come on, we used to have so much fun together trick-or-treating, remember? It'll be like old times. Yeah, well, the old days are dead. It doesn't matter what you say, you're taking me. Eventually, she just stands in the middle of the room and screams at the top of her lungs, <laughs> this is real life when it's you true. are a brother and a sister. And I swear to God, my if I hit my sister and she told on me, all hell would break loose. Like, yeah. I was in so much trouble. Meanwhile, my sister is throwing scissors at me. I'm... <laughs> 
<laughs> like dodging them and they're sticking in the wall. I'm not kidding. This is a true story. But God forbid I like defend myself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's and I, and I love I love that relationship. But it, it does. It reminds me of my little sister. But there's one part of this movie that I think is I, I feel like they should have cut. It's a part where Max comes home and he's upset because he's just gotten pestered by these bullies and they stole his shoes, whatever. He goes up to his room. They live in a really awesome house, by the way. Uh, yeah. But he goes he goes up to his room and <laughs> his little sister is hiding in the closet that has mm. like slatted doors. And he doesn't know that, of course. And then he lays down in his bed and starts thinking about the girl that he has a crush on. This scene could have gotten really awkward really fast. (laughs) It even even felt slightly awkward as well, I'll have to say. Yeah. Oh, boy. I was just thinking of myself at like 14, 15. "Mm, (laughs) I see where this is going. Sister (laughs) might have had an eyeful there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad she popped out when she did. (laughs) (laughs) but anyway i love their relationship their relationship's cute and then they do go out trick-or-treating and as soon as they step out the door it's like these bullies are waiting for them by the by the curb and asking for their candy and eventually uh he just hands them a big bag of candy and walks by he he mouths off to them a little bit but ultimately he just caves and gives them candy and walks on and then her sis his sister is super disappointed and she says it would have killed me. This would have died like a man. <laughs> Which, coming out of an eight-year-old's uh, mouth to her little brother on the steps of uh, somebody's house trick-or-treating is just hilarious. I thought it was funny. They do end up at the house of uh, the girl Allison. that he was dreaming about, which <laughs> looked like the Home Alone house from the outside. I wonder if it is. I don't know. A lot of this was shot on backlots um yeah the 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 fountain from friends makes an appearance oh gosh there are other there are lots of other famous houses in this movie i I, Mm. you won't recognize them i didn't recognize them i read about it but there are lots of famous locations i think the home alone house is an actual house in chicago or something yeah maybe that yeah maybe it wasn't but it looks a lot like it and they go in, and um, when they notice it's the girl, he's, he says, "Oh, uh, Allison!" And she goes, "Oh, Allison! This is the girl you were you oh were dreaming God. about or talking about." Everyone's dressed up in these like period costumes, like they're they've come off the set of Amadeus or whatever. Right? They're all very fancy. Like she's <laughs> ri- like she like that's how they establish that her family is rich. Like they have a very fancy formal <laughs> Halloween party. Um, really I love silly. the little girl. The little girl says something like, "Ah, oh, rich people. They'll probably make us drink cider and bob for apples." <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as they get in there Allison's like want some cider <laughs> it's hilarious funny. And but yeah the, said, the costume thing so funny by the way Danny I love your costume thank you I really like yours too of course I couldn't wear anything like that because I don't have any what do you call them Max yabos <laughs> Max likes your yabos in fact he loves them <laughs> Oh my God, that is such a little sister thing to do. I don't think my little sister would have gone that far, but maybe if she was mad enough at me. Uh, it's adorable, but it's also adorable. Like they bicker and fight sometimes, but then they always make up. And like it's super cute that they've got each other's backs. 
it is nostalgic for me. That's the kind of relationship I had with my sister when I was younger. We were a little bit closer in age, um, but uh, it's just, it's very sweet. It reads as very real to me. Then they bring back the witches. They all do such a good job with their vocal acting you know they all have these affected voices Mm -hmm. um but but they work and they're very character driven and and they are cartoonish but still menacing and and scary they're here i know they're here i know they're here but where are they sniff them out manny there there oh i can't they've gone too far i've lost them I'll have your guts for God as God! Confound you! Very well. We must have with them. When Billy the Butcher gets here with my book, look, we should be ready for them. Let us start collecting children. Why? Because, you great buffoon, we want to live forever. Not just until tomorrow. The more children's lives we snatch, the longer we shall live! Right! Let us fly! Fly! Wait, sisters? I have an idea. Since this promises to be a most dire and stressful evening, I suggest we form a calming circle. I am calm! Oh, sister, thou art not being honest with thyself, are we? Huh? Huh? When I talked to you about this initially and said, you know, I read that the sequel toned it down so it's not as dark, your response was, I don't remember this being dark at all. I think that it is Mm. and i think that there are parts that could for children not for adults but for children could be legitimately scary just like many children are very frightened of the wicked witch from the wizard of oz you know i don't Mm -hmm. look at that i'm not scared but i could understand how children would be just like my sister was terrified of the gmork in the never-ending story terrified Mm. i think that this movie does have real horror elements for us as adults and a horror of fan it seems very light but for children i could see how this could be genuinely frightening but i think that they do a good job of balancing the frightening elements with the really funny and light-hearted elements yeah it's so that it's not overwhelming it doesn't stay frightening for long in any one way because it's just moving at such a fast pace anyway. And then, like you said, it it just jarringly you know jumps uh, between something that might be really frightening, but then something really silly is going to happen later. Right. I really debated. I thought this might be a good opportunity. This might be something I can sit down and watch with my son, who's now I wondered five and a half. He's almost six, and he's in some ways very advanced for his age in terms of his thinking and stuff. But it it still surprises me, and I think this is probably true of all kids, especially really young kids. It still surprised me. You really never know what's going to affect them. You really never know what particular thing they're going to think is scary, whereas you can show them something that you think would be scary to them or not whatever, and then some random shadow on a wall or something like that uh-huh. is, is just utterly terrifying and there's nothing so far that has really utterly terrified him but i did show the wizard of oz to him about a year ago 
And I thought that would be a good gateway. <laughs> that would be good gateway horror for him, right? <laughs> Show him yeah. the Wizard of Oz. And uh, he was scared about the witch pretty relentlessly through it, but uh, not enough that he ran screaming from the room. And every time he kind of wanted to turn it off, I very gently was like, well, we could turn it off, but I kind of want to watch a little bit more with you. M- more so as a dad, I wanted him to see it through to the end. I wanted right, to see what right. happens to the witch, you know, so that there's a resolution so he doesn't go to bed super scared about it. And I could just tell him, don't, 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 don't forget, you know, the witch dies, the witch is gone, you know, kind of thing yeah. at the end. Uh, and he has brought up the Wizard of Oz a lot. In fact, he is dressed up as a witch for Halloween last year, and he is going <laughs> to be a witch again this year for Halloween. He That's insisted awesome. on it. We were gathering materials for his costume yesterday. So, um, I thought about watching this movie with him, and I, but I remembered what you said to me, that it's it's got some dark moments, and so I didn't. And now that I watch it, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure how he would have taken it. I think there's some things like the hanging that would have kind of gone over his head. Sure. Or would have, maybe he would ask some questions about. And then there's some other things like maybe the zombie that pops up later, or... sure. Just some little things that do happen, like when uh, Bette Midler's character is using electricity to really shock the boy and he's on the mm-hmm. floor and all that. I think that would bother him. But I do I do kind of wonder if that would, like I said, be tempered by the fact that the witches are so wacky. Right. It's hard to say at this age. So I guess if you've got a kid around five or, or six or younger, it's kind of up in the air, I think. It yeah. really depends on the personality of your child. Yeah, it's a judgment call. Probably anyone over that age, seven or older, is probably just fine. Yeah. It's interesting. I read that um, not in America. I don't think it's ever been censored in America. But in some other countries, when they would air it on uh, television, they would cut stuff out they would cut they would still have the hanging scene but they would cut the part where you see their feet dangling um Mm. they cut they cut everything that had to do with uh billy butcherson getting his head knocked off (laughs) right and and some of these cuts led to confusion because it eliminated vital parts of the plot like it didn't make sense at the end at the end when thora birch is in a grave surrounded by salt perfectly safe the only reason that she's motivated to get out of it is because billy gets his head chopped off and she's trying to help him get it back and that's what makes her vulnerable you cut that part of him losing his head and cut her crawling out of the grave to get it you have no idea why she's out like she was in a safe place. Why is she out? Yeah. I've read that these days they air it in its entirety with no cuts, but for a long time yeah, with, with some pretty serious cuts, which seems weird. It's PG. Yeah, it and is. there's, there's no gore. None. No, Zero no gore. gore. The zombie looks fantastic. Like just a great character design. A little comical. It's not like his skin's falling off. He's no. like green and you know, he he does look a little scary cuz his mouth is sewn sure. shut. He is a green zombie, but he's not like you know, it's not gross. And 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 I just want to be very clear here. Like I do not believe that you need to protect that you should protect children from scary things. I think, oh, I understand. I think you do need to tell kids scary stories. I think they do need to see scary stuff. Anyone who's trying to shield them, their child from from scary things is just, I, in my personal opinion, is just going to create more problems down the road. 100%. The earlier you can slowly start to introduce them to things that they can handle and, and 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 be there with them and talk them through it, I think it really helps their emotional development because the world can be a scary place yep. and so fiction is a good way to explore and deal and learn to, to confront those emotions and deal with them 
before they have to actually deal with it in real life. I mean, sadly, some kids have to deal with very scary situations very early in yes. life. And if, if you've worked them through uh, their emotions through fiction, then they're better equipped to deal with it. So I'm absolutely not saying that uh, you should not show your kids anything scary. I'm just, you know, there's just an age appropriateness. And there's also just as a parent, like, what do you really feel like dealing with today? <laughs> <You Sure. know? laughs> it, I will. I had no problem showing him Wizard of Oz, knowing that he might have nightmares for the next week that I would have to deal with. I was fine. Sure. But, you know, if it had been a rough week at the job and whatnot, I, I would have just skipped on it. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. It's sometimes difficult for me because I ate this stuff up when I was a kid. And me too. I, I, I want to share it with younger people like my niece and nephew. They're just not into it. Like, they're just not. <laughs> and and they, my, my niece has really gotten into Halloween. She loves the... Uh, spirit of Halloween and she loves the spooky stuff but she's not interested in watching a scary movie <laughs> that's just a step too far now that you mention it I mean that I this is what I love about Halloween right is that it, we've talked about it before it's got a little something for everybody it can be cute it can be scary but you're exposed to all of it right no matter what like you're gonna see some scary as well as some cute if you're out and about and you're putting a costume together and you're going to halloween parties you're having halloween at school you're watching halloween movies no matter what age you are and that's what's awesome actually about halloween is that i feel like it itself is a good gateway <laughs> of for my son into the, the scary the hor- kind yeah. of the scarier side of life and horror and and to some extent death you know skeletons skulls sure. you know you're, you're talking about this stuff scary things he he made like a really spooky eyes that he calls spooky eyes which which would be the kind of thing if he saw them i think he would be scary scared about but it's a little decoration he made and it is creepy but he wanted to put it up on the wall uh uh-huh. he's gotten over that in a way you know so uh it's in the, in that case you know this movie again is like that too the monsters that are pursuing the kids are not the only monsters you're going to see in this movie the parents are dressed like monsters there's right. whole parties full of monsters the kids are dressing like monsters and so you know Gosh. It's, it's so halloween yeah, we're we're already running over time, but I, there's I know so many things that I just want to yeah, say. Let's like keep going. The, it's the, fine. the the party, uh, I, you know, of course the witches chase the people, the kids around. Uh, it's established that they can go to the cemetery and be relatively safe there because it's sacred ground, and the kids um, can't go there. I love, or excuse me, the witches can't like walk on sacred ground. I love everything about it. I love the set design. Like, the cemetery doesn't look real, but it looks like a perfect Halloween cemetery. Yeah. With these decrepit trees and these old, old tombstones. It's stylized almost like a cartoon, just like their house is. Yeah, it's really charming. The whole movie is is cartoonish. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like that about it. Well, the zombie comes and he's great. (laughs) <laughs> he's chasing them around. I love that like he's ordered by Winnie to the kids have the book. So he's supposed to get the book while the witches go and look for children or whatever. Um but ultimately it turns out that he hates Winnie Sanderson and he's not a bad zombie. He's a good zombie and it's so cute <laughs> because the second that it's revealed that he's a good zombie, Thora Birch runs up to him and says, "Hi Billy." Like they're best friends. <laughs> like they're immediately best friends and it's adorable. Yeah. And he he protects her and he helps the kids in the end to fight the witches. It's so 
cute. It's cute. I, I don't know if you know anything about this, the backstory, but I'm really impressed. Because the witches can't stand on solid on that sacred ground, but they can float above it on yeah. their brooms. And so a lot of the scenes, in fact, many of the scenes in this movie involve the, the witches sort of hovering there on yes. their brooms. The effects are great. I mean, oh my this gosh. is 1993. There was CG. There's a little bit of CG in this movie, but not enough to, yeah. to do that. And um, and it's just, it looks so good. And they're just so acrobatic on those brooms. And I can't even imagine the rig that was set up I know. to make that happen. And and they're just so natural on it. Uh, it's so good for its time, especially. Some some of those shots were done with stunt people, but the actresses did a lot of it themselves, and it was harnesses that they were in. Mm. Um, and it looks so good. Like, again, just practical effects. Even in the new movie, there's clearly more movie magic going on behind it, and I kind of missed some of the flying harness effects because they just look great it looks real Mm. there's only one place i didn't notice that i read in the trivia that there is a place that you can see the wires on mary's broom in one place but other than that i didn't see anything that made it look anything less than magic (laughs) i was looking (laughs) and uh i read that it must have been good special effects because Sarah Jessica Parker was so comfortable in her harness that she wouldn't even ask to be taken down when they would take breaks. She just kept a copy of the New York Times under her dress and would <laughs> and would pull it out and read it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just hanging there in the harness. That's hilarious. Oh gosh, it, it just reading things like this. I love to read these behind the scene things because reading things like that makes me. Uh, so jealous. I want to make a movie with big effects and be flown mm. around. Uh, so cool. All right. Well, so there's that. There are two big parts that I wanted to talk about that we haven't yet. The first one is um, when they're looking for children and they end up... <laughs> this, a, a man comes out dressed as Satan and shouts to the trick-or-treaters yes. who are all around them. <laughs> What kind of costumes are these? It's the Sanderson sisters, right? At your service. Haven't seen you for centuries. But what the heck? Why don't you come in? Come into the non-smoking section. <laughs> come on, come on, oh, I can't believe it's him. <laughs> don't step on my tail. And it's Gary Marshall and his <laughs> his wife, played by his sister Penny Marshall. And this scene. Uh, it could stand alone. Like this yeah. could just be like a short. Like it it's is so, so funny. funny. <laughs> uh, I, you have to know. I mean, it, it, young people, if you're listening to this and you have no idea who Gary and Penny Marshall are, they're both actors and both directors. They <laughs> they are characters just mm. the, in and of themselves. They don't have to act. They they look kind of funny. They talk kind of funny, but they are just absolutely hysterical my three favorite witches are you broads a little old to be trick-or-treating we'll be younger in the morning (laughs) yeah sure me too 
and this whole scene, the whole scene is just a series of gags. Like <laughs> when he walks into the kitchen and thinks it's a torture chamber, um, Mary is watching TV and sees that real life commercial from the nineties with the baby, like running around in a, <laughs> like a Walker type <laughs> thing. And, and she is, uh, just, it's hilarious her reaction to it and sarah is hitting on <laughs> gary marshall as the devil and then penny marshall like comes to kick them out and oh my god i don't, she <laughs> she says to uh, sarah jessica parker okay tart face take your clark bar and get out of here and then they try to stand up to the wife and she's not at all scared of them and she sicks her little tiny dog on them and they're terrified by it because it's wearing like costume wings and horns like it's a little demon dog Mm -hmm. and and that was uh kathy and jimmy's actual dog in that scene (laughs) (laughs) that's funny but that scene was hilarious and then the icing on the cake is the Halloween party at, at Town Hall. I said this is all right up Craig's alley when I was watching. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. It's wonderful. First of all, they go in there, and these townspeople are dressed to the nines, like amazing costumes. This movie had a pretty low budget. It was not expected to be a blockbuster so they didn't throw a ton of money at it and so the costume department didn't have a lot of money but it was disney so they had access to Mm. the costume closet from disney movies past yeah and so they just went in there and raided those closets and so these costumes are amazing they're they're (laughs) gorgeous everybody looks great there's a band with dressed up like skeletons with skeleton makeup on who look fantastic. I have no idea who the singer was, but he's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I think he's singing it's witchcraft when they first come in and they're trying to convince everybody that the Sanderson sisters are real and they're coming and their parents don't believe them. And the Sanderson sisters arrive and the, the song changes to I put a spell on you and there's a close up on Bette Midler's face where you can see she's listening to it and she's hearing the words and then Max jumps up on the stage and (laughs) like wrenches the microphone out of the singer's hand your kids are in danger 300 years ago the Sanderson sisters bewitched people and now they've returned from their grave It's not a joke. This has gone far enough. I know this sounds dumb, but they're here tonight. They're right over there. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. And they start singing, I put a spell on you, but it becomes a real spell. And they put their own chants into it, and the lyrics are tailored to them Bette Midler takes credit for writing one of the lyrics Uh, there's a line because of all the witches working I'm the worst which is a great line (laughs) 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 and she takes credit for for that but again Bette Midler is a legend and uh, this, this, this performance is iconic 
it's it's iconic period drag queens love this stuff like (laughs) (laughs) halloween i can't tell you how many social media posts and 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 mainstream media things i see this is drag material 100 percent, and uh their performance is great every time we watch it it's so funny every time we watch (laughs) it alan is so excited at this part and then (laughs) i'm lowering my i'm lowering my voice because i think he can hear me um And then as soon as it's over, he always says, we have to watch that again. And then he rewinds it and we watch it again. Uh, It's so good. It is so, so good. It is. Uh, And so then they end up uh, in the cemetery. Um, Danny gets in trouble because she crawled out of her safety hole. Um, So the witch, when he gets her... There was a whole other part that we skipped about how they brewed the whole potion, but then Max foiled their plans and spilled it, and they only had enough left for one kid. And Sarah and Mary are both like, we've got a whole bunch of kids here, because Sarah had sang her beautiful Tempt the Children song, which I also love. And so all the kids from Salem had gone to their house. So they had all these kids at their disposal, but Mary is super mad because Danny called her ugly. So she wants not only to regain her youth and live forever, but she wants her revenge. So stupid decision. They go after the kids on the run instead of taking one of the hundreds of kids just standing in a trance around right. the house. <laughs> but um, anyway, so they end up in the cemetery, and there's lots of fun like confrontation with the witches. They're like charging them on their brooms and... Allison's throwing salt in Sarah Jessica Parker's face, which makes her like do acrobatic flips through the air and all kinds of stuff. Eventually, when he gets Danny, she's got the potion. She's about to make her drink it, but Binks the cat jumps on her. Mary drops the potion. Max catches it and he drinks it so that uh, Winnie will have to take him and not Danny. And she comes down and lets Danny off the broom, which I thought was polite of her instead of just like, you know, throwing her off and letting her die or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, she comes down and she says, what a fool to sacrifice your own life for your sisters. And it is a throwaway line in this movie. 30 years later, it is a big deal in the second movie interesting hmm so anyway she she starts sucking max life force but the sun comes up and the uh, the two sisters blow up die but in a cute way like they say they're like oops bye bye <laughs> yeah oh no yeah. and then they blow up and glitter in their colors and uh, Winnie gets knocked to the ground with Max and she stands up and she's still holding him up by his collar she's trying to suck his life force but uh, she failed to remember that she's now on hallowed ground so from the feet up she starts to turn to stone and she turns into a big stone statue of herself and then the statue blows up everybody celebrates in front of the friends fountain um, but uh, Billy Billy just goes back to sleep he just goes back to his grave and goes back to sleep. Good night, Billy. Mm-hmm. Then Binks is dead, and Danny's really sad. But it's okay, because his spirit has been freed of the curse, and in astral form, he's reunited with his sister, and they walk off through, like, a heavenly gate. Mm-hmm. And that's the end, and then there's, like, some caps with the parents getting out of the dance, finally. We already talked about that, and the, the bullies still being caged in the sister's house, and the... 
book opening its eye one last time and then that's the end oh dude (laughs) i apologize for totally (laughs) stealing the spotlight on this one this is obviously a favorite of yours there's been times when i've said oh uh, once we've done this movie the podcast can end because craig is satisfied (laughs) i feel like maybe we've hit another one of those moments what else is out there that you're just dying to do i don't know (laughs) i i didn't realize because again like we've tossed it around like eh, maybe maybe is it really what we do i don't know but yeah. this year be- because somebody outside of us somebody outside of us suggested it and it's halloween and you know we've done lots of halloween movies but yeah it is it's it's a favorite i gleefully watch it every year at least once it's something that i can enjoy with everybody you know my 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 sister loves it her kids love it even though they're not into really spooky stuff alan loves it my kids at school are aware of it you know it's Mm -hmm. one of the few pop culture references that i can make that they even get (laughs) well they're going to be more aware of it now too with the sequel coming out i'm sure it's bringing renewed interest onto the original and and, yeah uh, and like we said it stands the test of time so i don't think any kid's going to look at the original and say oh this is like an old movie they're not going to feel that way right Right. Yeah. And and honestly, folks out there, if if you liked the first one, you're going to like the second one. Give it a chance. It starts out a little goofy, but it's great. I was nervous, you know, because you love a movie like this and there's the part of you that wants a sequel. But then you also know that sequels often don't live up to yeah. the original. And so sometimes you're left disappointed and almost wishing that they hadn't messed with what you loved um and i don't feel that way about this one at all i think that it is an excellent companion piece to the original i'm confident that it will become part of our yearly ritual as well we're gonna watch both of them every year (laughs) back to back until we're dead hilarious oh man all right well thank you audience for indulging me in my (laughs) excessive excessive hocus pocus obsession yeah if you enjoyed this episode and are new to the podcast we have literally hundreds of back episodes that you can find on virtually any platform that you can find podcasts on we do also have a patreon page if you'd like to be able to access some exclusive content some minisodes personal interview about how we got started doing this that type of stuff that is available to you and if you like me would like to gush about Hocus Pocus please feel free to drop a comment in any one of our social media pages or you can PM us if it's private (laughs) (laughs) until next time I'm Craig and I'm Todd with two guys in a chainsaw (laughs) 